2: Hold up.
1: You listening to Scoop B
0: Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Menyo. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on this media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to ScoopyRadio.com slash poll. You we'll can also share your opinions about the show, so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopbradiocom poem. S-C-O-O-P. The letter B. R-A-D-I-O. dot com slash p-o-l-l. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description.
1: You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy Radio. Over time. to the Get the
0: Stole podcast. I am your host, Joshua Hicks, senior writer for. We are Regal Radio, and I am sitting here with the man, the legend, the Scoop B, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. How you doing, man? This
3: is <laughs> Radio how, how are you?
0: <laughs> man, I'm good. I'm good. We know you a hardworking brother. You always scooped with everything, and your work ethic is in parallel to, to others, and because of that, that's why you are the Scoop B. So... That being said, man, we're just going to jump right into some NBA talk. Now, you recently had uh, Ryan Hollins, former NBA player and current ESPN. and uh, Ryan, man, he came on your podcast and and talked a little bit about um, LeBron James and and Kyrie Irving and how Kyrie took some leadership roles or advice from LeBron James, and he's a a so-called bad leadership from LeBron James. And obviously it went viral and crazy about the fact that how can you question LeBron as a leader? Go in-depth for our audience that may not have heard that uh, your podcast and that interview. Go in-depth as far as maybe what did Ryan really mean by that statement?
3: Pulling the, the article up because me and Ryan have been on and off the phone all week talking about it. Me and Ryan are actually cool. And um, he basically uh, in the article um, he said uh, that Kyrie, uh, learned poor leadership, uh, from LeBron James. Um, there are some other things that went on behind the scenes as it relates to the Cavs. And I think as you know, 10 years from now, we'll look at this and, and more will, will, will come out. But, um, basically the quote was, um, LeBron can't cast a shadow. He has a lot of maturity to do, as we all have. You got to think. These 23, 24, 25, 26 year old guys casting a big spot. So to be honest, I look at the Scoop attention, B radio the attention behind your heart. Who who you are versus trying to stun on somebody because you're 25 years old and you don't know any better. But I think the way those two budded heads kind of left a bad imprint on Kyrie. It was bad business. It was some things that LeBron did. You know, Kyrie learned some poor leadership from LeBron and some of the stuff he did, and I think Kyrie tried to come into his own in a different way. Um that quote all people here is poor leadership advice and LeBron James. And, and I think, I mean, within context, um, many people don't know all in the inner workings of, in the workings excuse me, of what, you know, went on in the Cavaliers' locker room. Um, the way it was described to me um, is that oftentimes Kyrie and LeBron clashed because it was Kyrie's team. Um, and then LeBron came back to Cleveland and, there's a the belief that uh, Tyron Lue played favorites with LeBron on one hand, and on the other, LeBron was allowed to do certain things um, that Kyrie couldn't do, uh, both from an organizational perspective as well as from an um, on-the-court perspective. Um, and I'll add, um, specifically, um, Kyrie did not say this to me. I got this secondhand from someone else I want to clarify. But it was said to me that Kyrie felt as though when LeBron steps into a room, he sucks all the air out of the room. uh, And that it's all about him and it's not just his team. And when that quote was said to me, it makes a lot of sense. Someone else told me um, specifically um, that in a lot of respects, Kyrie Irving, excuse me, Kobe Bryant played mediator for both of them. And if you think about it, it's interesting to see Kobe play mediator in that role because I think I've often said this, and some people have disagreed. I had Jason McIntyre on scooby Radio this week. I told him that I feel as though specifically that Kyrie and LeBron was this generation's Kobe and Shaq, except they handled it better. And he said the difference between that, though, was that Shaq and Kobe won multiple championships. LeBron and, 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 LeBron and Kyrie won one. Um, and I... What I found interesting about that statement about Kyrie and sucking all the air out the room is when you look at free agency last year, those were some of the things that commentators were saying on television, uh, that certain players didn't want to play with LeBron because they felt that it was all about him. It was the LeBron show. And there are some people who felt that that was the, one of the reasons why Kawhi Leonard had second thoughts about coming to uh, Los Angeles and playing for the Lakers uh, for that reason. So there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Ryan has since, you know, uh, been more specific about it because everybody took that LeBron quote and Kyrie quote and ran with it. But um, yeah,
0: that, that's where we are with that. I think a really important point that you highlighted in the, in the previous podcast we're with Run the War um, that we just recorded with you. So everybody go check that out. It'll eventually, be on war on, Anch- war on Anchor as well as our, all the other uh, podcast outlets. Um, you mentioned the fact that Kyrie. Is received the way that he is because quite frankly not many people know Kyrie for who he is as a person and you're one of the few people in the media that actually have some that some type of rapport with Kyrie and his camp so you may give in-depth details and a different analysis because of that relationship you have with with him and, and, and his and his, rep, his, rep, his, rep, his representatives and his friends so Kyrie as a leader um, Oftentimes, it's misspoken or misunderstood. I think, and because of that, he does get a bad rep. And a part of that is because of the leadership call that went viral about how Kyrie was taking over the the meeting and basically stating the fact that you know we shouldn't we, we we as athletes they should have another league or we should start another league on our own and you know how we, if we really we really should question coming back to play the season. I think he got a bad rep for that because of the fact that although he is being the leader for the position that he's in within the, uh, the Players Association and within that union, I also think that he was actually being a leader by poking, vocalizing his two points B and the fact stating, stating the realities of that situation, which was we are in a certain situation that although COVID-19 is relevant, injustice is relevant, and we actually have a point in a time frame now where athletes can actually get involved with no penalty. And because of that, why... Why not take advantage of that platform and continuing, and continuing to speak out against social injustice and actually use that plan to create change? And mm-hmm. I think Kyrie's one of the only few athletes that's actually been vocal to that point out in the public and it's been misconstrued. So you, Scoop, knowing Kyrie and you know, being, having the relationship that you have with him and, and you knowing the fact that his leadership to, uh, to, to the outside has been questionable, go more in-depth on that analysis that he gave and do you really think he got? He should receive the backlash that he did for those statements and for those comments.
3: Well, as we talked before on the on the uh, War podcast, um, Kyrie, the ball player, and Kyrie, the vice president one of the vice presidents of the Players Association, get grouped in together. Just um, like my baby sister and me being, she could say Brandon, her brother, could be different than me as the journalist, you know, there's similarities, but there are differences. And I think that that gets lost in translation sometimes. Um, I think that situation with Kyrie in Boston, from the way he tells it publicly, you know, he was dealing with the death of his grandfather. Um, He was dealing with some other things. Um, Boston was not the team that was his preference, Um, specifically because if you go back to Cleveland, um, he requested a trade, which was made public. Um, How did it become public, we don't know. Um, and I think that there's a perception that he's a baby. Um, There's a perception that he is arrogant. There's a perception that he's not a leader. Um, I think that the perception that I have, as much as he and I are cool, and I'm cool with his friends and family and and know him very well, um, the one thing that I think is true, and I I would say to his face, is until Kyrie Irving wins the championship in Brooklyn, everybody has a right to criticize because the thing about Kyrie that has always been said is he's not a winner without LeBron. But the funny thing is I, I'm willing to argue that Kyrie was in a competitive position to win before LeBron got there. I just think that championship propels him and the perception of him to the next level. Like when he came into Cleveland you knew him as his fiery guard. He was a competitive basketball player. But I think people started to really understand who Kyrie was in 2016 when they won. Because when he was at Duke, he only played like 13 games and then was the first overall pick in the draft. And the funny thing about it is when you watch him play at Duke, how everybody gets excited about the way Steph Curry plays At Duke, he was playing the same way in those 13 games. When you watch him in high school, though, Kyrie played like Chris Paul. Uh, When you look at the situation um, with him in Cleveland, uh, I've heard people say to me that that locker room um, that they were shocked themselves that they won that championship in 2016 because there was a lot of toxicity in that locker room, even before being down 1-3. Um, just guys not getting along, but they found a way to win. And I'm willing to say that sometimes dysfunction breeds um, success. And... Uh, I also think that LeBron is the type of person who is used to guys bowing at his feet, and Kyrie's not that type of guy. I think it's a combination of how he's raised, uh, who his daddy is, who his godfather is, who his, his support system is. You know, I, I, I was perplexed when one time during a media availability session, session a media scrum in Cleveland, when a reporter asked Kyrie, um, How is LeBron James a father figure? For you in your life, and they've father before fathers began And You know, Kyrie said, Dreddard Irvin is my father, and you know, Kyrie's father is living. I think there's just this perception that LeBron is the end all be all, and um, I think look, Kyrie was the counter to that. So, you know, in, in those situations, man, I, I do think that um, it's just interesting, you know, it's interesting, and um, that's it. I think that um, I think that Kyrie and LeBron, as far as leadership, as much as people may think that you know Kyrie learned poor leadership, I think from a business perspective, um, I do think that LeBron taught uh, Kyrie a lot, and um, I think that those guys are uh, are, are benef- have benefited from each other, uh, and you know I think until both of those guys win individually. I think we'll be having these be conversations
0: and debates for quite a while. Everybody tuning in right now, you're listening to Brandon Scoop, the Robertson, senior writer of heavy.com. Um, Brandon, there's recent reports that just came out about the fact that the NBA is now working on creating a second bubble in the shy. Um, I find it funny that they're actually trying to do that obviously because of the fact that they want the players that aren't able to go to the first bubble to have their own games and to train for next season. But at the same time, it's an intriguing location because Chicago was a hot spot. And we have just got to a point where we're starting to level off and things are slowly but surely starting to reopen. New York is slowly but surely getting into that same uh, destination and that same route. Um, And Stephen A. Smith, went on first take actually recently and said it, with the bubble t- uh, potentially being, um, trying, to write, trying to write a trying to right term, potentially being uh, a chaotic situation in Florida with the rise of the COVID-19 uh, cases, he actually suggested they should have moved that bubble to New York. So as, a, as someone that is very familiar with New York and Chicago, do you think this is the right move for the NBA to do and do you think it should should it actually be in New York instead of Chicago?
3: No, three times to your questions, all three of your questions. Uh, no cue. Um, I, I, um, I, I think that the pandemic is um, something that is serious that is uh, I think in a, in a world where money and, and success and stature is everything, I don't think that we have focused on the the, uh, the cure or the vaccine, but I also think that um, we have not. We, this is this is um, we just haven't done things right. I think that um, a, a conversation I had with Stefan Marbury uh, on the Scoopy Radio podcast back in April, we discussed how China. He lives in China. He's from Brooklyn, so he understands the U.S. side and it. the the Chinese side of it, being a coach and an icon in in Chinese basketball as a player, um, he he brought to my attention that uh, when you look at uh, the U.S., every state is different. Illinois is going to be different than Virginia. Virginia and Illinois are going to be different than Nevada. Uh, And... I think that when you look at the U.S. and the fact that Illinois numbers have gone down as New York's, you want to keep them down and figure out what's going on rather than raise them. Like I have some colleagues that live in Nevada, and uh, I was looking at their IG stories, and they, you know, were, were, were walking around the strip and not wearing masks. I'm like, well, why aren't you wearing masks? Not mandated. A week later, masks are mandatory. Um, and China, when I talked about Stefan Marbury, he explained to me that unlike the U.S. where every state is different, China has the same protocol in every province. The U.S. started behind the eight ball because everybody was different. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois what down. In my opinion, because all of those state mayors or governors not, were not just person, entertaining personalities, but they were certain mandates, curfews at eight, nine o'clock, and more. But I also think that riots riots had a lot to do with it. Um, I have spoken to health professionals who told me that we're likely to uh, have another quarantine or be a lot another lockdown come September, just because of it's summertime. People are out. Fourth of July, Labor Day is coming. Uh, you know, it started with Mother's Day, then went to Father's Day and Memorial Day. People are not exercising those things. They're not taking it seriously. And um, I think that the NBA is running that risk as well. I want to
0: transition now to a specific New York topic that features uh, the World Wide West. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, the World Wide Best. Yeah, Drake, Jay-Z pound cake for those that tuning in. Um, I want to talk about World Wide West because obviously like the Bulls. The Knicks are making changes in the front office. And they got Leon Rose now as the new vice president. And with with him hiring World Wide West, being the guy that he is and now as a senior advisor for that team, um, talk about any personal uh, relationships or encounters you may have had with Worldwide Wide West and his relationship with players in general and how this can be beneficial for the Knicks moving forward. Um, I've
3: been, to be honest with you, I don't know World Wide West. Um, I will tell you that we made eye contact at a, at a Jordan Brand party in Charlotte uh, last year during All-Star Weekend. And by the time I was getting ready to walk over, I was actually standing with Katie and Kyrie talking, and that was more important at the time. Uh, I don't think so that's a regret. I'll definitely catch up with him, but to answer your question about Worldwide West, one of the things that I found fascinating about him um, is that uh, he got the uh, Wine Wagner to be John Calipari's first recruit at Memphis. And the, the way that they connected, I found fascinating. So as you know, I, I, my, my start in the in industry was during the 97-98 season, the Bulls' last hit season. And I, I worked for the New Jersey Nets when John Calipari was the... Uh, coach of the vice president of national operations. He was fired and was replaced by Don Casey. Uh, that following season, John Calipari was an assistant coach with the Philadelphia 76ers under Larry Brown. Larry Brown, who's a mentor of uh, uh, Calipari. And while West is from southern New Jersey, Camden County. Camden is right across the river from Philadelphia. And uh, West and John Calipari developed a rapport and a bond um, that I found to be fascinating. Uh, I've been in and out of Philly in February. I knew of Worldwide West is hiring uh, probably in January February. I actually found out January 25th. I found out from someone um, that is a Sixers season ticket holder who has a relationship with Leon Rose, who is also from South Jersey. And the thing that they told me was those guys are like glue. They're a package deal. Wherever one goes, you have to follow. Um, and, but the other follows. But the relationship that Wes has with people was fascinating. Um, if you look at all pictures of the, the Malice and the Palace, um, Worldwide West actually brought Ron Artest or Meta World Peace off the court. He's got a wet suit on. Meta's jersey is torn. He brought them off. Um, the connection that Wes has to basketball. Number one, Jalen Rose gave him the nickname uh, World Wide West, WWW World Wide Web uh, carryover. But um, World Wide West's introduction to basketball was actually uh, through Dr. J. Julius Irving. West worked at a sneaker store in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Cherry Hill is right next to the Ben Franklin Bridge. And Dr. J connected uh, uh, West to Michael Jordan. And then Michael Jordan, you know, connected dots with um, uh, Rick Hamilton, and you know, just he's just been a confidant to many people, and you know, he's carried over to LeBron and many other people. He's just a very connected guy with no incorporated role now. He's official, like like official tissue paper. So happy for West, and hopefully this changes in some direction for the Knicks.
0: Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Scoopy Robinson, host of Scoopy Radio Radio Show and Podcast. Um, Scoop. Obviously, the, aside from the Knicks, Chicago Bulls did make some changes as well within their front office. And with those two teams being top-tier uh, markets, big-time... Iconic franchises. Iconic franchises. Um, talk about how the Knicks' hirings of Leon Rose and now West compared to Artur, Arturis Karnisiewicz, who I call AK for short, and Mark Eversley, who's a Philadelphia guy and was under Eldon Brand as an assistant GM before he made his transition. Um, talk about how those two hires really impacted these um, iconic franchises to bring them into re- relevancy, especially if they start to produce the talent that they need to actually get big-time free agents to come to represent their cities.
3: I think Mark Eversley is another is a way to pick, particularly because of his connection to Nike. And I think while everybody assumes that Anthony Davis is going to be signed with the Los Angeles Lakers, I do think that the Bulls will be in the running potentially get him, we'll see what happens. Uh, as it relates to Eversley specifically, uh, Elton Brand has sung his high praises in conversations with him. Um, in addition to that, I spoke with on record with Kobe White and uh, Ryan Archie Diacono uh, during my uh, conversation with him through Optical, and during our conversation, uh, uh, Kobe said that he got good vibes from Mark, uh, that he reached out to him first, and that um, you know, he's a guy that Somebody that seems to, you know, really care about the organization and the players and the future. So um, I, I think that it's a good start to have somebody who's connected. I think the, the next order of business for the Bulls is: do you keep your head coach, uh, or do you fire him? I will tell you um, that I did have conversation uh, with uh, the Bulls head coach, uh, and I, I expressed to him um, that I feel as though. One of the things that they that I think is lost in today's NBA is accountability, and that I feel as though, um, as much as you take the heat, I think it's a breath of excuse me, a breath, not a breast, a breath, a breath of fresh air, uh, to see somebody hold people accountable. So you know, there's still you know, uneasiness about whether they'll retain their head coach, but you know, he appreciated that sentiment that I shared with him, and you know, I hope to see him if he's not with the Bulls moving forward. He, he, he's somewhere where. He is appreciated. Real quickly,
0: the Knicks, are, the Knicks are looking for a head coach, and the Bulls potentially may be having a head coach. Who would you think be ideal candidates for both teams if they both are in both in positions of hiring new coaches?
3: Um, the two names that I think would be would be relevant for uh, the, the the New York Knicks uh, would be Tips, uh, who again I was hearing about in January as well as World Wide West you know, with the Knicks. Uh, he has a relationship with Liano. Um and I, I would also say that the, you know, the Knicks are also looking for you know some other front office roles in that you know uh, they're looking to, to to potentially bring in Joel Embiid, a uh, high-ranking NBA official with Nick uh, Munkres. Um as it relates to the Chicago Bulls, um, I do think that they should keep their head coach, but if they go in another direction, um, there are a few names that that stand out to me. Uh, most notably, um, Mark Jackson and um, Phil Handy. Okay, okay. I, I feel that.
0: I, I feel that, especially that Mark Jackson hired You know I've been hyper on Mark Jackson for years. For yes, Job. He definitely deserves that. Um, before we get out of here, though, man, Scoop, Tell everybody where they can what any latest uh, what's your latest projects you may be having coming up and where they can find you on social media to check out those projects.
3: Scoopy Radio. Uh, we've had everybody during the pandemic: Shaq, Kenny Anderson, um, Tiki Barber, uh, Kendall Gill. Uh, you name it, um, they've been on. Scoopy and, um, Radio. Senior writer at Heavy.com, and I, I guess you could say I'm a writer emeritus still at, at Basketball Society. Check out my work, my work, work there as well. So yeah, man, a lot of um. Things coming up in the next month or so with the bubble happening, or some TV opportunities and some some uh, radio opportunities. So be looking out for that as well.
0: Most definitely, man. And obviously, everyone tuning in right now, you can listen to me, listen to uh, the indisco podcast on War on Anchor, as well as other, and twelve other all podcast platforms. And you can check me out on social media as well, on Twitter at jhicks042 and on Instagram at that guy Josh Hicks. So, as always, my brother, appreciate you coming on on the Underscore podcast. We love to have you. You're more than welcome anytime. And hopefully, next time we talk will be real soon. And I got to make an appearance on Scoopy Radio, too, man. I definitely got to make an appearance on that for sure. Let's do it. Make that, man. In the meantime, check out wearegalradio.com. We got a lot of stuff coming towards your way. That being said, Scoop, thank you for everything. Keep in touch, and I'll talk
3: to you soon. My brother, take care of Kyle Means over there as well.
1: This Scoopy radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Come
2: on! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh